0: Gives to Perry. Perry through the middle. Touchdown, Michigan. And the Wolverines have won it in overtime. Michigan wins by a score of 27-24. And the team storms the field to mob Chris Perry. WCBN Sports. 88.3 FM Ann Arbor. WCBN.org on to attempt it for the wolverines Holds
1: your breath ann arbor as navarre gets set places down kick is up it's long enough it's good it's good michigan wins the game michigan shocks washington and the wolverines are victorious
0: Crosby,
1: wrap your troubles and dreams, take four. Castles may tumble, that's made after all. Life's really funny that way.
0: Sang the wrong melody, we'll play it back. See what it sounds
1: like, hey, hey. They cut out eight bars, the dirty bastard. I didn't know which eight bars he was gonna cut Why don't somebody tell me these things around here Holy Christ, I'm going off
0: my nuts. <clears throat> uh, the last bastion of Freeform, WCBN-FM and Ava Sounds like a bunch of left-wing hippies to me. (laughs) Oh, jeez, that mic is on. The mic's on. Oh, my God. Turn off the microphone.
1: Well, turn on your radio. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and Jim might not be here tonight. My phone is suddenly not working. I don't know why. Might be the cold. But, uh, yes, Paul Revortex. That might end up being a word of the year. And it's all said and done, though. This doesn't appear to be uh lasting too long, just a couple of uh couple of days of uh, uh real challenges out there with the weather. Um which it's interesting I wanted to talk to Jim about the the weather at the uh winter classic because he was uh, in attendance. And that certainly was an interesting event here in Ann Arbor. Though I think they Made a big mistake probably with some of the transportation logistics. And I was working New Year's Eve and there was a profound shortage of cabs for all the Toronto folk. But uh, I found it very interesting that in the the New York Times the next day, Michigan State's Rose Bowl victory was relegated to the college football page. (laughs) And the front page story of the sports section, Was the winter classic and the all time record set for the most people to see a hockey game of all time?
0: 105,000. Kind of. uh, Have they officially. uh declared it a record
1: well it it certainly set the uh, pro record and the, they listed the college uh michigan michigan state game also held at the big house a couple of years back at 103,000.
0: okay so it was interesting that it because there were a certain number of tickets sold they were the, the league and the guinness people were uh, book of world records that is we're holding off until i think they do like a photo count oh yeah there probably is that and there and the other
1: thing that's weird about those records is they count people like people in the press box and ushers and water boys and in this case uh, snow shovel <laughs> snow shovelers
0: <laughs> they probably had to employ a few extra snow well, it was shovelers pretty cold as somebody who sat there through the whole thing it was pretty damn cold out there but uh, it really was a very special occasion
1: well and it was almost poetic justice that it ended up in a in a shootout with a with each team get at least getting a point out of the out of the whole yeah, thing it's kind
0: of the way the detroit season has gone this year anyway but uh it was a very exciting game. Yeah. And uh, a lot Too of Too many shootouts action. for
1: Detroit this year, and they're just yeah. not winning those shootouts. But given all the
0: injuries they've had, I think they're still in uh, pretty good Speaking shape. Speaking of injuries, uh, I guess at one point I didn't see that, and I was there watching the game, but uh, Patrick Eves, who actually did uh, some time in the USA uh, training team program that's you know headquartered here in town... Uh, was cross-checked in the face during that game and was taken to U of M Hospital during the game. Yeah,
1: I, I heard that he was, quote, not coming back. Right. Um, he did play the,
0: la- the other night as they played in Dallas. He had a you know brace or a big cage around his uh, jaw there. But why that play hasn't been reviewed by the NHL, mm-hmm. who've been doing a much better job, I must say, at protecting their players from serious injuries than certainly football has, uh, Football is just beginning to catch up with that. But uh, why this particular uh, cross check to the face was overlooked for a fine and a suspension, I'm a little bit baffled by. But uh, seeing the images of the game on TV, I think the snow made it look... I mean, t- to sit through the snow is like, wow, you know, I'm sitting in the snow, it's piling up on me. But on TV, it was beautiful. Yeah, and, and it was interesting. I really wanted to see the puck drop
1: on Main Street, but unfortunately, I got a pickup that went to Plymouth, so... Ah. <laughs>
0: I missed out on that historic event. Well, hopefully Ann Arbor did okay with all the uh, Canadian dollars being spent in town.
1: Yeah, they were uh, courteous, generous. I thought so, too. And uh, much better behaved than football fans. That's just my Indeed. comment. Just another related sports note. I just wanted to note that over the weekend I read in the New York Times that Johnny Orr, former Michigan basketball coach, passed away. Uh, He left the University of Michigan in a kind of a shocking uh, situation back in 1980 to go coach at Iowa State, and he turned that program around into a kind of a a home court advantage. He, uh, probably other than John Bieland in my book, was probably the greatest Michigan basketball coach because he turned the program around in the 70s and made Michigan into a national power uh, in the the, uh, sport of basketball. His obituary notes that uh, when he retired from uh, Iowa State in 1994, um, he had a record with the Cyclones of 218 and 200. And at Michigan he and in Iowa State, he is the career leader in both wins and losses. Uh, I'm sure that John Beeline will eventually surpass him in wins. But I wanted to uh, really praise Johnny Orr for his style of basketball. It was very entertaining. It was very up-tempo, a lot of uh, pressing, uh, harassing defense. He always preferred quick quickness over size. And, of course, the most famous uh, Johnny Orr game was probably the 1976 finals when Michigan lost to Indiana in the national final game. They had played Indiana three times that year. Uh, and with an, a, a very undersized team, put up a very competitive uh, battle. Um, and uh, he was a great uh, personality and great Michigan basketball coach. It's interesting, in the obituary, he left Michigan to uh, go coach Iowa State uh, because they offered him a $45,000 salary. He was being paid 33665 at Michigan at the time. And, of course, that uh, 76 uh, team that featured Phil Hubbard, Phil Hubbard, probably the third greatest Ohio high school player of all time after uh, LeBron James (laughs) and uh, Jerry Lucas, was one of Johnny Orr's big recruits that got the program really solidified for a number of years. And the games at Chrysler under, under Johnny Orr were just very entertaining things to go see. Uh, some people like uh, that kind of high-speed offense. Michigan really pushed the ball. And I think maybe the greatest game I ever saw at Chrysler Arena was when the Doctors of Dunk from Louisville played Michigan. I think it was in 19, the winter of 1977. Maybe it was January of 78. But I think the final score was like 98-96. to 96. And there were probably 50 dunks. It was a very entertaining game. So kudos to Johnny Orr. Uh, I was sorry to see him go. Michigan's basketball team sort of had some ups and downs after he left. His uh, assistant, Bill Frieder, took over. And, of course, we know what happened to him. Bo fired him on the eve of the 1989 championship. But Johnny Orr, a great Michigan personality. Well, the polar vortex.
0: <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> it, uh, it's arrived, and it's actually, uh, you know, looking at the forecasts and the weather uh, today, it's it's pushing all the way through into Georgia. South Carolina yeah. are going to be seeing, uh, if not sub-zero weathers, at least crop-crunching weather. We'll skip, it's definitely uh, be uh, affected there.
1: We'll skip any stories about global warming or nude sunbathing tonight. <laughs> Uh, just a, a word of caution about traveling. No need to travel anywhere uh, on uh, the next couple of days unless you really have to go. Because uh, there's going to be a lot of blowing snow. And even roads that appear to be somewhat
0: cleared are are going to ice up immediately. Well, I had difficulty getting uh, out of our side street and, to, to uh, get down here tonight. School has already been canceled uh, for tomorrow. At at all Ann Arbor public schools, by the way. I
1: think everything is canceled except the University of Michigan.
0: (laughs) They've closed maybe once in a couple hundred years for
1: weather. They're uh, they're troopers, as they say. Um, One little uh, comment, just because I've been a cab driver and truck driver in this kind of weather before. One little piece of advice about driving on the freeway. Yes, the ramps are bad. Be very careful with ramps. But there is a characteristic in automobiles that a lot of people don't understand, and it's called torque. Your enemy on ice and snow are your brakes and your accelerator. So when you go over bridges or under bridges on the freeway, take your foot off the accelerator because it's the torque that causes the spin out. So if you don't have your foot on the accelerator, you will simply travel over that ice and you will not spin out. So always be aware, don't fool around with electronic devices or emailing or texting or anything crazy. you got to really pay attention to those bridges. We're talking about overpasses that go over the freeway and bridges that go over the highway. Uh, Ice builds up on those metal studs or support systems, and this is where you have a lot of spinouts. And also, of course, be very careful on ramps. Because what happens is people are going too fast, they break, which creates a skid on the snow that then ices up and freezes, and there that's why the the ramps have all these patches of ice. So remember, since they're curved, once you uh, yeah. begin
0: a spin. There's nowhere to go but out of control.
1: So slow down, start a little earlier, and remember the accelerator is another problem that a lot of people don't understand because they never took physics. Torque is the phenomena of your accelerator creating an g- explosion of gas with your pistons which cause your wheels to spin which allows your car to move. Doesn't matter whether you got front wheel or rear wheel drive, that's what torque is. So coast as much as possible, brake as little as possible, and accelerate as little as possible. And accelerate very smoothly. Don't you're not gonna make it any faster by going two miles, three miles, four miles faster. Do the average. If you go to Detroit you drive 65 versus uh, 70, you're only going to save a couple of minutes. So uh, remember your uh, rate uh, aspects when traveling as well. <clears throat> That's your public service announcement for this
0: evening. Indeed, those are good tips. And, of course, uh, parking is going to be difficult because uh, with the quantities of snow, uh, I really you know, had no troubles on Packard Stadium, yeah. the main thoroughfares. Uh, But uh, certainly on streets downtown, I don't think there's going to be a lot of parking available uh, tomorrow. Yeah,
1: this might be one time to use the parking garages because they are relatively clear of snow. Though there might be ice patches even in those parking garages where people are driving too fast. Yeah. And again,
0: uh, no school tomorrow at Ann Arbor Public Schools.
1: uh, One other local note. (laughs) I just found this amusing. I always have appreciated the uh, news of the weird that appears in the... uh, the comic uh, uh, publication that I get, and this regards Ypsilanti, so I'm going to read it. Mm-hmm. Made the national news uh, in the August 13th edition. It says, The Ypsilanti City Council voted on a resolution that would have required members always to vote either yes or no, thus to reduce the recent annoying numbers of abstained votes. The resolution to ban abstaining failed, because three of the seven members abstained. <laughs>
0: I, was, I was waiting for that,
1: <laughs> and I love that. It's just, it's just,
0: uh, <clears throat> it's
1: just wonderful. And then we'll give a brain damage. No one's
0: going to tell me what I can't abstain about. <laughs> That's right. I maintain my right to abstain. Well, I, you know, I still think here that we should have uh, the right when voting to have a true none of the above. Option. Or a negative vote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, I'm not really
1: for the—I uh, mean, there, frankly, for presidential elections, there's plenty of options. But it would be kind of nice to be able to vote no if you really uh, didn't prefer one of the candidates. Uh, with
0: very strong feelings. <laughs> with
1: very strong feelings. And one other uh, little item from that same edition that is kind of amusing— says that in Los Angeles they had a uh, gun buyback program involving 1,200 guns but declined to accept a pipe bomb that a man said he wanted to sell. This is not a pipe bomb buyback, Chief Charlie Beck said. Pipe bombs are illegal. The man was promptly arrested,
0: so he gets a brain damage award. (laughs) I guess my first question is, is this... uh, just something he had laying around the house and thought, well, I'll just throw it in with the guns and, uh, oh, hey, they're doing a gun buyback. Why not sell off the pipe bomb, too? Or was he an entrepreneurial type who thought, I need a little cash. I'll whip up a pipe bomb and see if I can't unload that with the officers.
1: Or was he a stoner that uh, that had a, had a ball packed in his pipe and... Had an affectionate name for it called yeah.
0: Pipe Bomb. <laughs> well, here's a. He uh, gets a brain damage award. Couple of related items from the uh, Harper's Index of the most recent uh, issue of that. Percentage of U.S. gun retailers who believe that quote it is too easy for criminals to get guns in this country, fifty-five percent. Uh, the follow-up statistic: estimated number of federally licensed U.S. gun dealers and pawnbrokers that sell firearms illegally. 1,719. And, of course, one of the big gun magazines had a firing over the weekend. Uh, They have basically disappeared. A guy named Don Metcalf, one of their big columnists, uh, because the title of his last article was, Maybe It's Time to Consider Limits. To even float the balloon of possibility uh, that maybe there are some. His argument is, and it's a reasonable argument, that all constitutional freedoms uh, have some limits upon them. Speech, of course, famously is limited by such things as you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Oliver Uh, Wendell Holmes. Exactly. That's a very famous case, and it makes good sense. Uh, That's not fair game for free speech. Uh, The very idea that the Second Amendment could have uh, similar, very mild uh, restrictions applied to it uh is grounds for the complete exile of this guy from the industry. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh,
1: of course Congress in response to the uh, horrible uh, events that occurred in uh, Newt- Newton Newton uh, uh Connecticut last year uh did not pass gun legislation. It was interesting uh there were about uh, somewhere between 1100 uh, or excuse me 11,000 and 12,000 gun deaths last year. Uh, which uh, strikes me as a far greater threat than uh, terrorism. But one of the reasons that gun deaths were down a little bit, uh, and these, of course, are preliminary numbers, but um, I'm sure that the cold weather has uh, kept gun deaths down a little bit over the last couple of days uh, here in the Midwest, the upper Midwest, etc. But one of the more interesting reasons that gun uh, deaths have declined a little bit this year is the profound decline in gun sales. Uh, I saw some uh, data regarding Smith and Wesson.
0: This is interesting. Yeah. And
1: it is a profound drop. So the, uh, maybe the best way to control guns is for individuals to realize that guns are not um, something that you exercise your constitutional right uh, about, but are dangerous products and are best left alone. Don't touch them. Don't buy them. Who needs them?
0: Well, indeed, and it can't be said often enough that the uh, National Rifle Association is really should be better known as the National Rifle Manufacturers Association. These are uh, the moneyed interests of the particular industry that uh, promote uh, the hysteria that they're trying to take our guns away. Uh, That has
1: not been the case. And, of course, you know, it's been remarked by his uh, congressional historical scholars that this is the worst Congress in American history in terms of passing things. Of course, today there's a big debate about whether or not they're going to extend unemployment Mm -hmm. uh, benefits. Uh, That is still pending uh, in the Senate. And, of course, John Boehner. Uh, Mr. Boner himself will probably uh, not allow even a vote on the matter, uh, as as he has this strange thing called the Hastert rule that Denny Hastert actually denies exists as a rule, in which he decides, I won't even bring a vote forward unless a majority of my caucus says so. So John Boehner uh, needs to change his tune, I think, and start becoming more... uh, Speaker of the House-oriented, unless uh, Chairman of the Republican Caucus, because um, the you know no farm bill, <laughs> right? It it just goes on and on, and you you begin wondering uh, what what Congress is actually doing, <laughs> other than passing resolutions. I mean, um, we've
0: had so-called do nothing Congresses before, but this one is really the first time that that appellation can be taken literally.
1: And of course, one of the more interesting, uh, shall we say, public policy debates upcoming this 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 whole year, besides all of this nonsense about the budget and continuing resolutions and the debt ceiling and all that stuff, because let's remember they've they've used duct tape and masking tape to keep these uh, to keep the government running uh, for the last couple of months, is going to be immigration. And Boehner, at least over the holidays, at, at least acknowledged that he may allow. Some piecemeal immigration uh, uh components of the immigration bill to uh to be to be voted on uh I, you know foresee this as a major issue in the upcoming congressional elections, but uh, as usual, nothing is happening <laughs> and uh the, the 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 denial of extending the unemployment benefits just strikes me as uh Hairbrained this time of year uh you know we we have people <laughs> that need to keep their heat on um it's uh it's sad and it it it's well established by mainstream economists that the so-called 6 billion dollars that they're debating at this point uh and Sandra Levin who is the uh Democratic ranking member of the House Ways and Means Committee in the House of Representatives has been one of the great leaders on this issue over the past month. Meanwhile, Dave Camp, chairman of the House we- Ways and Means Commission, I think is still hiding behind that mushroom somewhere up near Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> he might be snowed in by now. Hopefully he's built an igloo. Um, you know creating an offset fine cut six billion more from the pentagon <laughs> right because it's well established that unemployment benefits in these circumstances are spent immediately in the economy they are a direct stimulus uh to uh, economic uh growth and and we're talking about millions of families here uh, many with children and of course uh long-term unemployment uh well, there's been some improvement, uh, sort of steady as she goes, in the economy. And the, the stock market, for the, for the record, uh, did better this year than it, it has in any year since 1995. Uh, the wealthy are doing better than, better than ever. Um, While well, the economy is, is creating a, a certain number of jobs, it is not putting an enormous dent into the long-term unemployment. And when you have three applicants looking for work uh, for one position— which is roughly what the numbers are. You you still have a problem with persistent long-term unemployment. Uh, Congress, of course, is being lobbied by the euphemistic Club for Growth, uh, Americans for Freedom, and this kind of these these sort of lobbying organizations to oppose this unemployment extension. But it just strikes me that this should be uh, done uh, ASAP. Should have been done before Christmas. And, uh, you know, no farm bill, no immigration bill, on and on. It's just uh, pathetic to watch uh, John Boehner in action.
0: Well, that's just it. John Boehner.
1: Are you kidding me? That was a classic. <laughs> that, that ranks up, I think, ahead of the Dean scream. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> I remember the Yelpish scream. <laughs> that was in response to his acknowledgement that the... Uh, Well, that he even is aware of the fact that the Tea Party element of his caucus is
0: out of control. Out to lunch.
1: A sad development here, and to the extent that it was announced over uh, this weekend that uh, in Iraq, there have been 7,818 civilians dead in Iraq uh, this past year the highest annual death total since 2008. Uh, that, of course, is a situation that's deteriorated uh, thanks to the invasion of Iraq by the United States government. Uh, the neoconservatives back in 2002, 2003, assured, that the Ameri- uh, ch- assured the American people that the United States would be remaking the Middle East. And that democracy
0: would uh, flower...
1: Syria, of course, is uh, is is even in a worse situation. Uh, we now have uh, warfare going on in the Central African Republic, the south of the Southern Sudan. There is a region of this world that is just um, in flames, and at least we have some rational semblance of, of a coherent policy in, in the negotiations that John Kerry keeps pursuing, both with respect to the destruction of the chemical weapons, negotiations with Iran, and even some renewed attention to the uh, Palestinian-Israeli question. Uh, this is the correct direction to go. Uh, obviously, the situation in Iraq has deteriorated because of sectarian violence, and uh uh, the neoconservatives have yet to answer Brent Scowcroft's uh, rhetorical question. What are we going to do in Iraq when the Shiites win?
0: Yeah, exactly. And that of co- was uh, what happened.
1: <laughs> of course, it's well known that al-Qaeda is um, <coughs> ramping up control of parts of uh, western Iraq. And there are, I think, fairly reliable reports that, that the area known as Fallujah, that that region, is in, in serious uh, sectarian violence as a result of uh, the inability of the Iraqi government to uh, to deal with the the breakup of uh, of Iraq.
0: Yeah, and again, you know the the fissures that we see now in Iraq uh, are really they go back to the very origins of the state, which of course was whimsically drawn up by Winston Churchill and others uh, on the back of a postcard or an envelope one day but in iraq you've got the sort of the the kurds in the north the uh sunnis in the center and the shia in the south and that's the big distribution demographically of the uh, iraqi peoples and uh you know the kurds were uh, sort of the low men on the poles uh, through the saddam hussein era um and now it's just basically uh, essentially a free for all the kurds in the north have been given their own sort of autonomy They participate in the government, but just barely, and uh, the Shias won the elections. So the uh, extreme ends of the uh, Sunni, these are the Wahhabists, the Al-Qaeda's. The recipe for disaster was uh, available for anyone paying attention on day one when Bush declared this uh, cakewalk, which Dick Cheney assured they'll welcome us with flowers. Well, I noticed that the Cheneys are back in the news. Yeah, Liz Cheney's not going to run for the for Senate. Yeah, because she's of citing health concerns. Serious health concerns in her family. Well, of course, she can't be talking about her father's absence of uh, a heart since he's uh, well known to have functioned uh, rather efficiently uh, like a sinister robot without one for some decades.
1: Well, he was always the one without a heart, and of course President Bush was always the one without, without a, a brain. brain. Uh, I don't know if they ever made it to the wizard, to the to see the wizard, but they sure as heck should have kept traveling on the yellow brick road, <laughs> not the uh, not the silk road to China, and of course the northern border border of Iraq was 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 you know arbitrarily created by the British imperialists, uh, specifically designed, of course, to divide the Kurds. Exactly. Uh, the Kurds, of course, are in parts of Syria as well. And uh, independent in Iran and Turkey. Yeah, and of course, independent uh, violence and terrorism problems with Turkey uh, persist, uh, as usual. We'd like to thank Andrew for engineering this evening here on Gray Matters. Uh, he's a trooper for coming in on this cold night. So uh, do stay tuned. Yazoo City calling. We'll be coming up uh, shortly here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor Down Home Blues. Your radio is on. It's on 88.3 FM. WCPN-FM, Ann Arbor's 24-hour open-minded radio surprise pudding, licensed to the regents of the University of Michigan, operated by students at the University of Michigan, uniquely maintained as a healthy alternative and a positive influence on the mental health of the Ann Arbor community. You are here.
0: Good evening, you're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and this is Yazoo City calling our weekly exploration into early American blues music. Broadcasting to you live every Monday night from 7 to 8 p.m. on 88.3 MHz since 1988. My name is Weston Hughes and Happy New Year. If you have any requests, you can call 734-763-3500 and we'll be listening to recordings made before 1942 this evening. Our first recording tonight was made by a man named Isaiah Nettles, billed by the Vocalion Record label as the Mississippi Moner in 1935. This is It's Cold in China Blues, so cold and China, but can't hardly say so cold and shiny, but it can't hardly sing. It make me mad till you broke my diamond ring. I no